Welcome to Passion and Purpose with Pamela, celebrating all things woman. I'm Dr. Pamela Hardy Shepherd here to ignite inspiration through conversations that spotlight women's power and their journeys. Let's share our light, our stories, and create a space of celebration for every woman. Here's to embracing our womanhood together. Welcome to Passion and Purpose with Pamela today, and we are thrilled to have a truly inspiring guest. Her name is Sandra M. Rebior, a health and wellness expert with a remarkable journey over two decades. Sandra's passion for health and wellness was kindled during her time in the U.S. Army, where she was trained in preventative medicine and public health. This experience set the stage for a long life dedication to disease prevention and promoting healthy lifestyles. Not only is Sandra a dedicated mother to Jackie and Luke, but she's also a group fitness instructor and a seasoned educator teaching various wellness courses at the University of Arizona Global Campus and as an adjunct professor at the University of Maryland Global Campus. Her expertise includes stress management, health and wellness, psychology, public health, and applied behavioral sciences. Sandra holds a PsyD in health and wellness psychology. She boasts of diverse certifications, including being a certified life coach, a resilience and thriving facilitator, a work site wellness program manager, her commitment to learning and teaching is evident in her extensive experience across sectors, including the military, private fitness, healthcare, and higher education. With a heart for community service and a love for nature, Sandra enjoys spending quality time with her family and engaging in outdoor activities. Born in Germany, she embraces cultural diversity, passionately shares her knowledge to enhance the lives of others. Join us as we delve into Sandra's inspiring journey and learn how she empowers others to achieve greater wellness and a higher quality of life. Welcome, Sandra. So Sandra, we are so happy that you're here. I know I read your intro and I'm just asking you if you could just expound a little more on what I read and we, if you wouldn't mind starting with the U.S. Army or even where you grew up, because I think we need to take a step back. You said you grew up in Germany. So tell us a little bit about that. Yes, thank you. And hi, Pamela. Hi, listeners. Um, I did grow up in Germany, um, born and raised there in a small town near Heidelberg. Um, and grew up with uh, my parents and two sisters. One of them is my twin. Her name is Tina. And so we, her and I had a very close relationship. Of course, we did almost everything together and uh, went to school together, you know, have a lot of fun stories to talk about that. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, just... You know, I thought I lived life and I would always be there in Germany. Um, and then one day my sister and I were out um, and about over the weekend and we were just dancing and having a good old time. I met my husband, Rob. <laughs> and um, that's a funny story in itself, because at first I thought, oh, you know, when I heard him speak English, 
he was stationed there in the U.S. Army, and I didn't quite know if I wanted a relationship um, because maybe in the back of my mind, I thought it might take me away from my home country and my family. And then I, it, there was something else. There was another feeling there. Long story short, we dated for a few years. He got orders back to the U.S. And so I had to make a decision. Do I stay or do I give it a chance? And I ended up doing the latter. And um, it was it was a big a bit of a, a journey and a switch and definitely a push way out of my comfort zone, living in a country where I had basic school English, the high school English that I had for a few years, definitely not very proficient. Um, but it was also a new opportunity and I just, um, tried it, uh, thinking I could always go back if I wanted to, or if it didn't work out, <laughs> um, a bit crazy, but it worked out and that's how I ended up in the U S and I was exposed, uh, being a spouse at first, a military spouse, I have worked on a, a campus. We were the first duty station of ROBS was Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Oh, and uh, it was uh, quite a bit of a cultural shift from Germany going there, being surrounded by military, military spouses, which I enjoyed. Um, and then, of course, there was the, the work aspect where I got employment at a university there. Um, and that's how I got into higher education. Um, the university paid for the, the education, which was wow. a wonderful benefit. And I took them up on it thinking again, yeah, I, I had a few hesitations, like my accent and what if they don't understand me? What if my English isn't good enough? Um, and then I just I, I, guess, I guess I just did it again, thinking, well, what if it fails, then at least I've tried it. But mm -hmm. so I plucked along one course at a time. And when I got done with my degree, we ended up actually moving to the DC area, where I got the, the army bug myself. And I thought, what if <laughs> I joined the army? And um it was really my my main goal was just to get the excitement and the adventure. It just intrigued me. Wow. Um, and so I ended up joining um, and had a really good time. Now, I got to stop you just for one minute. How did that work coming, being a spouse of a military member? Are you both mem military members at the same time? Yes. Oh, my goodness. We were. So Rob was still in the army and uh, active duty. And then when I joined, that was where a little bit of the complication came in with trying to get stationed together. And there were some difficulties with that, but in the end, it all ended up working out. And I, after my basic training and AIT training, which is the job specific um, army training, where I was trained in preventive medicine, I ended up getting stationed on Fort Belvoir, which is right in the Washington, D.C. area in Virginia. 
And um, yeah, uh, that's kind of where where the journey started. And I really enjoyed doing that. Oh, my goodness. You are such uh, an inspiration because many times women, we want to do things, but we're afraid. And your thought process, and I know that you're a very curious person, is like, okay, well, let me see if it works. If it doesn't, I tried it. And what would you say to women? I mean, picking up and leaving your home country and you know, starting a relationship with a man from the U.S. and then have to make that cultural shift. And and how can you liken that to just everyday things that women are afraid to do or might do or should, now I'm never going to say should, but could do. How, how, tell us a little bit how you can make that correlation together if you would. I, I believe deep down, I believe in not living with regret because I I feel that regret weighs so much heavier on us than trying and failing would. Because through the process of trying something new, I believe we always learn something, you know, what works, what doesn't work. We might make new relationships. We learn more about ourselves and when we don't try, then uh, we we often think about what could have happened if <laughs> I only would have tried, if I, you know, would have given it a shot. And even back then, when I thought about should I move to the U.S. with him or not, is this relationship even working out? Because we never lived together. Um, would I even like it in the U.S. and um, of course, there's a lot of factors that came into play. Again, I thought of the two scenarios. Well, if I stay, then I would never experience that. And I didn't think the relationship would last long distance. And then for how long? Because that was what he had signed up for. So he did get orders back. And um, so that was one path. And not trying, I might have, and I think I would have looked back and would have had regrets of not even giving it a shot. And I thought, okay, so what if I give it a try? Um, if it doesn't work out, it's just a plane, plane right away. <laughs> and see, I love and that. I, I love that. My family doesn't go anywhere. I can get another job, you know, and, and it's just, again, I, I would encourage anybody, of course, if it's not harmful to you, you know, if it's mm -hmm. not harmful to the person, um, to really consider both options and then to really pursue what you long to pursue. Just, I, I feel that fire inside of you wouldn't probably go out. We might smother it for a little bit. You know, we might um, satisfy it for for a little bit, but I believe it always reignites until we satisfy that desire to do that thing that we really want to do. I love and that. I, love I believe that. it can be applied in, in all of our aspects of life, whether it's professional to pursue something in the higher education realm, um, maybe even in our relationships. It's, it, it applies to our daily life.
to try certain things and again what if it fails what's the worst case scenario it, it is so true and many times <laughs> we just oh I'm afraid and it's our fear that keeps us from you know it's like you fail forward you mm -hmm. fall down and my thing is oh, okay they told me no get up I'll roll around I'll fall down I'll get up and roll around get up as long as you get back up and go for what you believe in your heart and it doesn't matter if other people don't believe in it. You have to believe in it. <clears throat> wow. I mean, I love that. And yes. one of the things that I, I look and think about you and who you are as an individual. So I do know Sandra. <laughs> it isn't like a, she just came out of the woodwork somewhere. No, I know her and just her her way of being is just so incredible and the way she takes time with people. And I know that she has this thought process that she thinks everything through and like she was giving you the options. And that's how I've always seen you. I mean, I have, because you'll say, well, let me think about that for a moment. And then you'll think about it and then you'll weigh it. And that's really what we should do. And I want to add, you know, if there's people in your circle that will tell you the truth, that will be supportive, it's even more helpful. Um, make sure that who's in your circle is going to tell you the truth, but in a way that you can receive it. But like like Sandra was saying, that was a big thing to leave your family and come to another country, live with a man. I mean, just, just your steps are incredible. And I don't want to minimize them because that is monumental. And I, I'm not going to ask you how old you were, but you were young. You were, I, was, I don't mind saying it. Okay. I was 20. <laughs> you were 20. Yes. So that's really young in terms mm -hmm. of really making major decisions like mm -hmm. that. And when we have women um, who may not be 20, who may be older than 20, of making changes in their lives and what you talked about their personal life or their professional life. And if you could just speak to that a little more, because I, I, I want to get onto your certifications and all the things that you have, but you you said some powerful things that are very impactful. So if you could just expound on it just a little more. Sure. Yeah. So I believe that life is a journey. That's, that's what it, boils down to and it's not my journey it doesn't match yours yours doesn't match your neighbors or maybe your children's or other loved ones or colleagues so I don't believe we should compare our journey and our desires to somebody else's because they likely won't match I mean might they be very similar sure but there are so many factors that go into where we are today and then where we will be tomorrow. And throughout our journey, whether it's a predictable stop or an unpredictable one, um, we always learn something. So I think as long as we circle back and become aware of, well, how did I get here? And why am I here? And where do I want to be tomorrow? We can always map the next stop based on our maybe North Star. And the North Star is, I guess, where you want to be. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's a linear direction. Yeah. It's curvy, 
there might be mountains in the way, there might be deep valleys, and um, but somehow we'll get there. And maybe that North Star will change. So maybe we get closer to that and we realize that's not really what I want. Well, you can pursue a different path. And that's the beauty of life. So it's, um, but I believe deep down, we often already know in our heart and gut where we want to be. And feelings come up, positive or negative. We might feel excitement thinking about that. We might feel uh, frustration or anger or stuck, um, you know, maybe maybe anxiety when we think about that. And these feelings are all normal. Um, and again, there's not one feeling that's, that people should feel or um, should not feel even. Mm -hmm. Um, but listening to that feeling is important. And then I also believe in asking yourself, why? You know, why do I feel like this? Um, and, and again, the answer differs. You know, it might be fear. It might be um, not knowing how to get to your goals or reach your goals. And so maybe the process needs to be refined. But just listening to that and exploring that on a deeper level, I think is important rather than avoiding it and choosing maybe an easier option that we're already familiar with. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying familiarity with yourself or with other relationships or other goals is bad. That's we all are creatures of habit and comfort and, um, I do like that too. And it provides a certain sense of safety. But if you really long for something, then it's important to explore why you want that, why it's important to you, and then map out a way how to get there. You know, some some individuals like a little higher risk and a little yeah. more excitement around something and others want to take the subtle road. Um, and that's okay. All paths are are perfect for you you know, mm -hmm. or perfect in, in your own way. You can make it yours to where it fits you and your preferences. And, um, but you are right. You mentioned support. And I think that's critical that we don't go the journey alone, whatever our journey may be. And surrounding yourself with good, supportive people that are, uh, truthful with you where you have good rapport with that you trust I think trust is the basis of all good relationships um that's really critical and I think you can't take that away you know from from your journey and looking at those people um at your support team as your cheerleaders as the ones that will refuel you at the next stop <laughs> yes that's yeah. really critical, and it um, and, and it brings a lot of joy. It does. So. It really does. Oh, you know, I mentioned in the intro about all your education and all your certificates, uh, all of the things that you've accomplished, and those things are very, very important. And if you could just tell us a little more about, um, you know, I I noticed that. You not only do you have your degree, your PsyD, and if you want to explain to people, what is a PsyD? 
And that would be very helpful. And also not saying they don't know, but I like to just put things out there. So there are no questions. What does that mean? And all your certifications, if you could tell us a little bit, because you have an abundance of them. So if you could share a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. Um, so a few certifications I got when, uh, really, so after the military, um, I got pregnant with my daughter, Jackie, who is now already 18. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Believe it or not. She, wow. uh, yes, she just turned 18. So I'm still wrapping my my head around that. And my son, Luke, is 15 now. He's just a freshman in oh, high school. So goodness. it goes so quick. <laughs> but um, that's when I started to really become interested in health and wellness and prevention. Um, but I, so I started out with a group fitness instructor certification. And then from there, um, oh gosh, I don't even remember how it all happened and which one I got in which order, but I was just really intrigued always by fitness and um, always personally enjoyed working out no matter what that was. I think I just like moving and and also being social with others. So I thought that would be a good, good way to interact with other people. And then... Uh, um, with working for the university and teaching there on a full-time basis, um, we again had the incredible benefit of getting uh, going to college and getting some of the tuition costs paid for. And I thought, gosh, you know, that PsyD in health and wellness sounds really, really good. And again, I thought about it. Why not? Let's do it. And the, um, again, health and wellness, just because I have a passion for that, and I always loved behaviors, human behaviors, behaviors in general. Why do we do what we do? <laughs> and my husband sometimes doesn't like me asking why. He always says, you and your why, why, why? You know, but it's, for me, often it's important to understand people's why, because that then gives us the opportunity to react in a, in a certain way or to help them in a certain way. If I don't understand why you are sad, I can't, you know, maybe share with you or see what you might need from me. And so that really ignited that. And of course it was a long journey, but it's a doctorate in psychology. And this one is non-clinical. Most of the, or a lot of the PsyD programs are clinical in nature. Um, this one is actually not, um, and it's, I've, I've enjoyed learning a little bit about different human behaviors across the health and wellness spectrum. And then after that, it was just a few other certifications. My, my recent one is a life coaching certification. And I think it brings kind of the, the circle of life, which yeah. is what I, what I really enjoy looking at is that just holistic view. Um, and there's always things you learn, you know, from every certification, from every course, from every book that I read, every interaction I have with individuals, um, everyday life experiences, you learn something from it. And I think that's the, the beauty for me of life. 
Um, and with the life coaching, when I went through the training, I thought, oh, I can't share my experience or thoughts as much as I thought I would <laughs> be able to. <laughs> it's a little more of a discovery and a guidance, um, definitely more mm-hmm. listening, which I was aware of, um, but really discovering more of the deeper meaning of actions for individuals, the deeper meaning of what they really long for, helping them navigate in Maybe it it might start out with one aspect of their life or one goal that they have. But as you probably know, with your background, Pamela, it's one specific goal or one specific element cannot be isolated. It's all interconnected to all the wellness dimensions, um, different aspects of your of your health, different aspects of your life. If your health improves, it will have effects on how you interact with others, your relationships at work, your work performance, um, your overall social, emotional well-being, and vice versa. Anything else that, you know, we make progress in in one area, it will have impacts in so many of our other areas as well. It is so true. Oh, that is awesome. 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 So um, tell us a little bit about, um, I, I notice on one of your, your certifications, it's the Youth Fitness American Council on Exercise and Autism Exercise Specialist Certificate uh, through the American College of uh, Sports Medicine and Exercise Connection. I know that is a lot, <laughs> but if you could Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, sure. Again, I got into it due to personal interest. I think that's how I got into most of my certifications or degrees because I have a personal interest in it. And uh, my son, Luke, who's now 15, I think I mentioned that earlier, He, when he was around six or seven, he was um, diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder and ADHD um, and that in itself was a journey mm-hmm. that um, in the beginning was, was I think, very challenging for me. Um, and just something to navigate that I, I don't think anybody expects it. But mm-hmm. then there was also this relief with the diagnosis, because at least now we had resources mm-hmm. to seek out and to utilize and there were interventions at school and I think it was a persistent learning curve um, as with everything but this one was very um, just different I think than than anything else that I had ever done and with um Luke and and raising him and again my love for exercise I thought well I'm not sure if I know enough about kids on the spectrum that and what their exercise behaviors are Mm -hmm. or specific challenges I just saw it from my son you know by by my personal experience as a mom uh, with my son and 
as I dug into the research, I realized that uh, overweight and obesity statistics are a lot higher in children with a special who have special needs. Um, and then also just overall their exercise behaviors and uh, muscle, uh, just muscle strength is generally pretty lower um, and flexibility is lower. So there's a lot that I've learned through that certification and also some techniques, of course, to share with other parents and other groups who work with children on the spectrum, but then also, of course, for my son and to help him out. And the one takeaway that I have that I feel can be applied to really all areas of our lives, again, in my opinion, is progress, not perfection. And that is what had come really from that certification of working with kids on the spectrum is we don't have to be perfect or aim for perfection in them that anything we do, um, of course, in this case, it was specifically related to exercise, but anything we do is is just a progress forward. You know, it's, we're, we're taking one step forward. And sometimes I make the mistake and compare or in my mind, I get to the, well, I think you can do better. You know, mm-hmm. come mm-hmm. on, let's try a little harder mm-hmm. at this. And it's not, then I have to reel myself back in once I have a thought or maybe once I say something like that, and I will give Luke choices, you know, do you, what do you want to do if, if he says nothing, which now, of course, the teenagers and the hormones and yeah. that all comes into it. And I often get nothing. I don't want to do anything like, well, if you, if you could choose one thing, what would you do? And then if I still don't get an answer, I will say, all right, well, do you want to do X with me or Y or Z? And then he will usually choose one. Um, And then after the fact, that's the thing with, um, I don't know if it's just my son or kids in general that, you know, I hear that from other parents as well who have teenagers that once they engage in an activity and it doesn't have to be exercise, but maybe just play a board game or just, um, you know, make a new friend or attend an event that maybe they were not really enthusiastic about Mm -hmm. in the beginning after the fact they have a really good experience and they say oh this was fun and so I hear that a lot from Luke where he'll say this was fun mom I actually really enjoyed it and oh I I try to hold myself back and say see I told you so (laughs) because that is probably not what he wants to hear (laughs) oh my goodness I love that because as you were speaking I have a grandson who is on the spectrum and he is 15 years old as well. And so for me, it was really important for you to discuss it because many times parents we're, we're in the learning process and, and we don't know. And I love the fact that you said, I give him choices. I, you know um, and the statistics in terms of, 
you know, uh, the obesity and, and all of those type of things. And then I think diet plays a big role as well. Um, you know, uh, trying to get them to eat healthier isn't always the easiest. I've read a lot of things on autism, like for instance, uh, going in the infrared sauna and just so many different things trying to you know, come up with different things that are going to uh, be able to help him. So I really appreciate your transparency and um, just talking about it because sometimes people don't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And I think talking about it helps a great deal. You know, these are children that we're going to hide anywhere. They have lives and we have to help them navigate life because our society it doesn't have all of the things in place, but they have more today than they did before. Mm-hmm. So um, I really appreciate that. I really do. And I appreciate um, you sharing too. Uh, oh, yeah. thank you. I, it means a great deal um, because you just never know. I mean, I have a daughter who was born with arthrogryposis and it's the, the tendons, the muscle and the tendons. So I never imagined that and navigating that there was nothing back then. She will be 50 years old uh, in June. And there wasn't anything, <clears throat> excuse me, there wasn't even the internet to, to ask about, who, who do I ask about this? Uh, what do I do for my child? I just had to figure it out. And there wasn't a book. There wasn't anybody speaking to me. I mean, I had her at a naval hospital and I remember that, you know, I tried to get off the table and I kept looking like, what is wrong? What is wrong? They said, lay down, lay down. I was trying to get up. What's wrong with my daughter's hand? So um, the thing about it is, is that, you know, having a baby seems so natural when it really isn't. There's a lot of things that can transpire in utero and, um, when you have your child and they have, you know, a lot of times we can take things for granted, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I say, don't take anything for granted. And um, I look at, I didn't want my daughter to be a wallflower because she couldn't do the things she, you know, other people, other children could do. And she is a teacher and she shows her a disability, uh, to her students and they ask, why do you do like that? And she just tells them. And I'm so grateful that she has that ability to do that. Had I felt sorry for her or felt sorry for myself, that wasn't going to happen. And I know that there was things that I forced her to do. And she said, I used to be so mad at you, but I'm so glad that I pushed her out, you know, that I wanted her to learn how to play piano. Well, she didn't have the webbing, but I said, all we can do is try. And Mm -hmm. different things uh, that she could do, whether it was Highland dancing, ballet, tap, jazz, whatever. I was trying to get her to move and to do those things. So when you speak about Luke, I hear the passion and I hear the love in your heart as a parent um, and also a researcher, but also just as a parent, how can I give my child the best life? So just thank you so much for that. So tell us some more because I there's so much we could go down and so much to talk about. And I, I really want you to talk about 
I'm uh, I'm going to give you an example. I'm somebody that that's not true. I don't like to work out. I don't want to work out. It, I've done all of this and it's not working for me. And, you know, how do I incorporate that in this new year in my life? What, what, are, how, what should I do? Help me. I, I don't know what to do. I've done everything. I can't lose weight and nothing's working for me. Yeah, that's it's a very common thing. And I mean, the New Year's resolution time, right, is always prime yes. to set these goals. I want to exercise more. I want to drink less. I want to uh, make more friends or be more social. But then when I am more social, I eat unhealthy foods. And um, but yeah, it's I think what I would recommend is choose something you like. Mm. There's hundreds of exercises and really physical activity is at the core. Exercises planned and structured, and maybe we don't like that. And a lot of people think, oh, I have to go to the gym. <laughs> and sure, you may. And that's one way on how you can get exercise or phys really physical activities, just the movement of our bodies. But it doesn't have to be. If you don't like the gym, don't go to the gym. Find something that. else you enjoy. Is it, um, you know, maybe rowing? Is it canoeing outside? Is it stand-up mm. paddleboarding? Is it biking? Is it just walking in the woods? Um, walking your dog several times a day? Um, there is, you know, is it playing tennis? It doesn't have to be, you know, on a professional team or on a <laughs> league or anything like that. It could just be... I just like playing tennis or I want to play. I've always wanted to play or wanted to play tennis or learn how to play it. And so do it. You know, it doesn't matter what level you are at. Nobody judges you. I Sometimes we judge ourselves, right? Yes. Oftentimes we're yes. our own worst critics. Yes. And again, that comparing comes in. Well, my neighbor does this and she's lost this much weight well maybe that worked for her and that's great but it might not work for you thank you and so I always start with what do you want and what works for you hmm. um, and it's again physical activity it can be applied the same to your diet and we often hear, and that's a great misconception, right? I'm on a diet. I'm yeah. on this diet. I'm on that diet. And a diet is really just your way of eating. Just mm -hmm. what do you eat? When do you eat? Um, how much do you eat? What types of food you eat? And surely there's better ways to eat. And then there's other other ways that are not as healthy. And I'm sure we, most of us know that, you know, the highly processed foods uh, are surely every once in a while we might consume them, but they shouldn't be part of our regular way of eating. And so that's important to watch. And rather than always taking things out, you know, or cutting them, mm -hmm. I try to also focus on what can you add? Mm. Because now when we start adding something healthy, there might be a natural elimination process, yeah. right? Of, well, now I'm not as hungry. So I, at night, I will not snack on maybe a whole bag of 
you know, munchies or yeah. something. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> because I'm already full. And it's it's also a little less intimidating. And again, the psychology comes in of, well, wow, I can actually add something rather than always looking at what can I throw out or how little can I eat, you know, and survive off of maybe sometimes for days, nothing. Um, and cutting down your calories or your intake to nothing is also not healthy. Um, and again, we, we're also looking at nutrition. And once we understand that, what certain foods do for us and the benefits of eating healthy, not just to lose weight, it goes beyond that. It goes fueling your body, you know, of putting the good fuel into your body, because that is the body that you wake up with in the morning that keeps you healthy, that keeps your mind healthier, that allows you to do what you need to do on a daily basis, whether that's just your own health, if you look at that, you know, from your own individual standpoint, but then also to give as a mom, as a spouse, as a, as a, maybe a caretaker, um, in a workplace, if we're employed, um, that that allows us that fuel that we now have in our body, that energy that we have, now allows us to give and to feel good within ourselves. And then once we are well, once we feel well or more well, again, it's all a process and small actions add up. Yes. You know, there's a lot of the misconception you do it all or you do nothing yes. and that's there's a huge spectrum right of all or nothing and it's not a failure when uh, maybe one day we have a little off day or we travel or it's our birthday and now we have two pieces of birthday cake yeah. you don't you don't go back to zero you don't you just you know, maybe, maybe a small step, take a small step, not back, but we also should enjoy a few things that we know are not maybe the healthiest, but they are part of life too. It should just be mindful, making mindful choices of generally saying, let me choose the healthy few food because I know that will fuel my body. And let me try to as much as I can minimize the foods that are not good for me but again as I said earlier often it's a natural process of once you add you, the fruits the vegetables the the good fats you know the maybe the fish or other foods that are high in omega-3s um, the nuts the seeds we naturally don't crave yes <laughs> the unhealthy Yes, because we're satisfied. And I think the same goes too with exercise. Of course, the physical activity is important. Um, and, you know, there are certain recommendations. I think aiming for anything beyond what you're doing right now, if that is your goal, if you feel like you you could be a little more physically active, some of some individuals are already, you know, very physically active. But if you feel like that's your goal to move more, well, every every step counts, every action counts, every activity counts. Even if it's 
you know, 10 minutes. And I think there's more and more research coming out every day that even small bouts of physical activity are very, very <laughs> beneficial to our health and well-being. And there's even five minutes of being outside and getting the vitamin D through the sunshine, maybe just walking around the block once in between meetings um, or standing out on the porch and maybe doing a few minutes of just mindful meditation is so beneficial for us that, again, we can't say, well, just because I didn't do 20 minutes, you know, I might as well not do it at all. I think that's just the wrong approach. And I guess it's that going back, that's why I said earlier that progress versus perfection. And we oftentimes, I think, set the bar so high for ourselves that it can't reasonably fit into our busy lives. Exactly. exactly. And again, anything that we can do, anything you can add in that perspective is going to benefit you. you, you it is. <laughs> I, I have to tell the story. And then I have another question, of course. But um, uh, we had invited er, all of our kids and grandkids here. We moved from California, as most of the listeners know, moved from California after 46 years to Texas. But my daughter, I was telling her, I'm a little stiff because I used to do belly dancing and I haven't found a belly dancing place here yet. So she goes, well, what about this thing you put around your waist? And she showed it to me. You put it around your waist and it has a weight on it. It's like a hula hoop. And at mm -hmm. first, all the grandkids could do it. And I was like, I am not doing this. I, I'm I'm like, I couldn't do it. So I kept kept working with it and working with it. And finally, I was like, oh, I can do it. I can do it. And I set my timer for two minutes at first, just do it for two minutes. And I moved it to five. Now I'm still on five. But going the opposite direction is a little harder for me, but going the around and the you know, clockwise or counterclockwise, whatever direction, I am actually doing it. So it's just a little bit of something instead of saying, I'm going to do this. It recommends you do it 15 minutes every day. I said, that's not going to happen when I can't even make things go around in a circle. So, you know, something that you like. I used to love to hula hoop as a kid, but I couldn't do it at this point. I tried it years ago. It didn't work. So I'm just practicing. I love that example. <laughs> I can see you dance around the kitchen. I, I just get that thing and my husband's like, uh, be careful so that weight doesn't fly off and crash into something. So it's a weight around it and it goes around the hula hoop and it is so cool. But what I wanted to say, because a lot of the listeners are maybe 50, 49, 50 and above. The one thing for women, it is what I used to do doesn't work for me anymore. I'm in, I'm premenopausal or I'm menopausal. And I had to learn that myself, what I could eat before I couldn't, I had to decrease my caloric intake because I looked at a picture and I was like, oh Lord, I, uh, when we went to Egypt, um, me trying to climb the pyramid, it was like tough. Now, if I was to go today, I was like, oh, I could climb all the way to the top. 
But it was things like that, travel, because I, all my life I wanted to get on, uh, go to see the pyramids. And then I was actually there and I can only climb so far. So your health is so important and whether you can do things. And I just say, what will you say to women as their hormonal balances, balance change, uh, different things in their life change, their they're working in the office and they're premenopausal or menopausal and they don't get up much. I mean, what do you tell us? I mean, I, I know I had my own journey, but tell us what what you think we could do, some of the possibilities, uh, how we could change our life. Sure. And again, it's not an... I think there's so many individual factors that come into play here that it's really tough to say, do X, Y, Z. And now all of a sudden, you know, you will lose X number of pounds, you will fit into your jeans, and you can now have all the energy you want. I think that's very, very tough to say. But um, generally speaking, and I think I'm glad you brought that up with the hormonal changes, that our hormones do change and fluctuate. And obviously, as we get closer to menopause, and I already feel that myself, and I'm actually in treatment too with a hormone specialist nearby where I live. And I've had to have um, take some supplements to, mm -hmm. you know, offset all the fluctuations and to help me get into more of a normal range um, and so I think that would be my first step or my first recommendation is for women to have, you know, their hormones checked mm -hmm. and to see if there is an imbalance. And then once, you know, once corrections are made, if needed, or maybe maybe you're fine um, and there are no 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 adjustments needed, so to speak then I think I would also recommend and that applies to all women is to look at your to look at certain factors, you know, beyond maybe just the weight is what's your stress level? Mm -hmm. What has anything, you know, changed in your life recently? Or is it just maybe creeping up on you? Maybe you can't really pinpoint what it is. Sometimes we know, oh, it's because of this life-altering event, I'm definitely at a higher level of stress. And that's normal too. We all, you know, have, again, life's up and downs that mm. we experience. Um, and sometimes they're a little, you know, bigger than in other times. Maybe it's smaller, but maybe more frequent. So stress is part of life, but it can definitely increase in terms of, you know, frequency, maybe more of these acute stress events, but then also maybe become chronic. So that's the, that's really becoming dangerous because it can impact our health and, and also mental health drastically. And if there's something that we can do to one, it takes awareness, but to intervene, then I'm all for tackling that. And that would be my you know, second recommendation is to really examine what causes you stress. The percent stress is a really, it's 
perception too. What I perceive as stressful, you may not, my next door neighbor may not. Um, so it's, again, what you perceive as stressful, is it maybe a certain event or certain events, um, maybe certain parts of your life, certain interactions, um, and it could just be your thoughts too. So mm -hmm. just examining that uh, a little closer and even maybe journaling that down and, and writing it down of, you know, what do I feel when I feel stressed or when I'm in this particular situation or interacting with this person or when I have these thoughts and then how often do they occur these moments? Um, again, there are, it's, it's not an all-inclusive, right? This will work for anybody. Um, and then, of course, there are life events, like we said, you know, that are very drastic that you know immediately, oh, it's because X happened, um, that that now I'm just really at a higher level of stress. Um, and then, so stress is a big one to examine. And then another one I would say is sleep. Again, both of these stress can inc can increase our risk for many chronic diseases, um, but also raise our level of anxiety, potentially, you know, depression. And so that definitely should not be dismissed. Then uh, sleep is, is yeah. a third factor that um, if we don't sleep well, I mean, let's all face it. I've had I've had nights where I didn't sleep well, and then what do I do? Already, I get up. My heart rate is increased. I'm probably upset because I couldn't sleep. Now I start my day off, you know, already at a higher level of stress oh, response. Yes. And well, I want to right there when you said sleeping. Hot flash. Oh, cover on, cover off, cover on, cover off. Oh, I'm hot. I'm hot. I'm just that that's yeah. Yes. That's yes, absolutely. And um so sleep is is really, I think, one of the base components that really can impact our health and well-being um greatly. And so getting, you know, seven hours of sleep is the recommended, sometimes more, um, seven to eight, I think it's the general recommendation. I really shoot for seven. I really try to get seven hours of sleep. And so that's really critical. And then again, our emotional and social well-being, that can of course, impact our weight as well, how we feel on a daily basis. And again, it all comes back to a cycle, right? If yeah. we don't sleep well, well, I'm not going to have the energy to even think about exercise. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm not going to have the energy to cook healthy. No, let me go get a hamburger. Yes, yes. And then we long for these comfort foods or, gosh, I'm dragging now. Now I need this pick-me-up you know, whether it's the food. And so it, it can start this cycle. And of course, when we're stressed, um, our, you know, metabolism is, mm -hmm. you know, and then our food choices that come into that and our lack of exercise and our lack of sleep, it really, before we know it, you know, we're gaining maybe pounds. And again, I'm not saying hormones don't play a role. Hormones can play a role. Um, and I wanted to throw in uh, 
um, that, you know, of course, being in care with a trusted healthcare provider where you can see, you know, has anything changed in my hormones or any mm -hmm. blood levels off, um, any kind of markers off that I maybe need supplements for, or maybe certain um, allergies or triggers, you know, that, that come up that, that I need to correct or, or anything that stands out um, that that can cause this inflammatory response in my body that could result, of course, in weight gain, but also overall, you know, general uh, lower well-being. And so these are kind of the core pillars. Um, there's also a lot of research on you know, and we touched on that earlier, having that support system, having those social connections that that uh, invigorate us, that get us excited, and that can do a lot for our overall well-being and, and longevity. And mm -hmm. there's that's why we, you know, in the Asian cult culture, in uh, certain like Mediterranean, you know, cultures, it's not the race to the food it's the process it's the experience there's so much more value placed on that and I enjoy that and um I've seen I've had that growing up with in my family but I know now in you know when when we look at society and the busyness um and and I see that in Germany too you know it's not the same anymore and I think maybe even in some other cultures, you know, that are known for this process mm -hmm. of eating. Yes, sure, it's still more prevalent, which is great, but maybe other generations, you know, will not, I guess, follow in their ancestors' footsteps of preparing the meals, of sitting. It's yeah. it's still more part of the culture, but yes. again, it's it's the busyness of doing it all trying right? that that <laughs> now we, we naturally get more and more away from that we do we that do. contributes to it there's something that you said that reminded me of the blue zones like when mm -hmm. like okinawa japan and mm -hmm. the, the ikigai and it just in loma linda california and when we start looking at it, it just wasn't diet. It just wasn't about moving. It was about their circle, their community. And they also don't look at, well, I'm retired. No, they have passion. They continue mm -hmm. to be part of the community. And that has a huge impact on how you, one, perceive yourself and then others that are incorporated into your life. And that's why I keep saying about the circle, but those blue zones and how they live. And you, when you think about it, Loma Linda, California is just right across the, the, I don't say the street, but the road or up the road from San Bernardino, California, which has some of the, the worst health outcomes. And why do, why do this little group, their seven day Adventist, why does that little group live so long? And mm -hmm. so when we're really thinking about, you know, getting older and what can we do and how can we change? You said your pillars, you said sleep. What else? Sleep, sleep, diet, mm -hmm. physical activity or exercise, um, social, emotional well-being and stress. 
yes to watch okay. watch out for those i think those exactly. are critical <laughs> yeah. i mean this is so incredible and i i i know we've been here for a while but if there was anything else and i really appreciate you being here because you are a wealth of knowledge and i just love your spirit and who you are if there was anything else it, it doesn't have to be in this realm it could be anywhere that you want to say to women if there's something that you need to say please please do it <laughs> um oh i have so much to say i think we could talk for hours <laughs> i think so too just go ahead but one thing that comes to mind is always remember how strong you are because we are. I think we really, really are. Um, as women, we wear so many different hats. We keep it all together. We try to just do, do, do. And uh, again, remembering how strong we are and the the power that we have within ourselves, I think that should never be forgotten. And also, um, just don't put yourself last. Oh. <laughs> just just prioritize yourself a little bit too. And um, I think that's sometimes easier said than done, right? But gosh, even five minutes can go a long way. Wow. And your health, your emotional well-being will appreciate it because you've done something for yourself. And now, okay, now if you have to give more or want to give more, you can, but, and, and I'm all for giving, I'm all for giving, but I'm, I also have realized through my own journey that I can't put myself last oh, um, because when I'm not well, I can't give. Exactly. And what do they say? The saying goes, you can't pour from an, from an empty vessel. vessel. Yes. 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 So and that's what I would love to share with, with all your women, all your listeners, um, all the wonderful people and um, to, to just pay it forward if you can, you know, and again, it's not all or all or nothing, it's something, you know, even if you share one thing from your life, from your experiences, you never know who you can help with that and what that can do to them. Um, so I think just maybe doing one good deed, even mm -hmm. if it's here and now, is just so powerful. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so, so much. And we so appreciate you taking your time today and just being here. This was awesome. And it was really great to catch up. And I knew this was going to be great from the very beginning. And we just thank you so much, uh, Dr. Sandra Ribiar, and all that you do and continue doing what you do. We love you and just thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Pamela. It's been a true pleasure. And I love that you are providing this opportunity through your podcast for all the women out there. Um, I it's just gonna make our our world a better place. So that sounds probably cliche, but I do believe that from the bottom of my heart and I know you um and you've always been like that. You've always shared your love, your passion with others. 
and this is no different. Um, so thank you for all that you do. And it's been a true honor. I appreciate you. you. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us today on Passion and Purpose. It's been wonderful to connect with you. And I hope you found our conversation as enlightening and inspiring as I have. A huge thanks to our guests who contributed to the discussion and share their experiences and insights. Your stories are the heartbeat of this podcast, and it's a joy to explore our passions and purpose together. I'm Pamela, reminding you to live with passion and purpose. Until next time, take care and keep reaching for your dreams.